welcome to panel 10A, open data for anti-corruption um, case studies from around the world. So to make it a real case studies from almost around the world, at least we focus now on Southeast Asian uh, region. Uh, we have distinguished uh, panelists from um, three countries, at least, or four um, uh, uh, countries around the world. So um, may I introduce each of the panelists? Uh, very briefly. So uh, we'll start with um, Gigi or Tanisara Rende. Hello, Gigi. Uh, so Gigi is the CEO and co-founder of Punch Up Vivis Thailand, uh, from Thailand, uh, co-founder of the studio and citizen technology or civic tech that emphasizes the use of information and technology to make information accessible, understandable, and easy to use, and easy to use to make decisions and this discuss social issues creatively based on data, including driving public participation. So starting from 2019 uh, with the Thai general election then, monitoring the performance of the political sector and auditing the government budget until present. Welcome, GTE. Um, second in the panelists, we have Davy Angraini, uh, the Public Services and Bureaucracy Reform Division from Indonesia Corruption Watch. Welcome, uh, um, uh, Davy. So Davy is a researcher from IECW, or the renowned Indonesian Corruption Watch, with nine years experience in preventing corruption in public sector, uh, public service sector. Davy Angraini is a part of ICW from Public Services and Bureaucracy Reform Division. She also conducts several advocacies using open data, particularly in the public procurement area, which we'll be talking about a little bit today. Welcome. Um, and we will wrap up our session <laughs> with uh, Kraril Yusuf, the program consultant of Sina Project from Malaysia. Uh, Kraril is a program consultant with a broad experience in managing, developing, and implementing innovative development programs for government, international organizations, and civil society that directly or indirectly involve digital technology with limited resources in politically or technically a constrained environment and extensive cross-practice and cross-sector experience implementing programs for UN agencies, governments, and social, so civil society in Asia Pacific, including digital rights, human rights, labor rights, and environment. Current area of interest is in applying innovative methods of open data and standards for transparency and anti-corruption. Welcome, Priyal. So um, yes, we have uh, distinguished panelists from again from at least three countries around the world. So um, open data, how it can, how it is used to fight corruption. We we have had some discussion prior to to this session about using transparency. We we know that transparency would shed lights on the uh, public procurement and government activities, but how can it actually uh, used to fight or prevent corruption? Has there been any case studies from, from where you have worked in? Or and what are the challenges? What are the opportunities uh, that we could learn and perhaps share and might lead to our collaboration further after the session? So uh, without further ado, may I uh, start off the session with Gigi? Sorry, I forgot to unmute. <laughs> uh, thank you for introducing us and it's my pleasure to to be here today and 
Again, my name is Gigi. It's easier to call that way. And I'm from Thailand. And today I'm pleased to share with you some case studies about how we try to use open data to overcome the challenges when we try to tackle with the anti-corruption issue. And again, uh, thank you, Topaz, for introducing me. But if you want to see more about my company, I own two companies, you can go to this website later. But I would like to emphasize that both of my company focus on main three goals when we're talking about the open data. The first thing is we try to provide accessibility to information. I believe in so many countries have no problem about this, but as well, so many countries still struggle with this too. I think when we talk about anti-corruption issue, we, we focus on the transparency and the rights to know the rights to information first. But right now, Thailand is kind of, I think, in the middle way to fight for this and maybe Carol and David can share more about the, their country. But right now we have some kind of solution and practice how to fight for the information to fight with the corruption in the future. And the other two parts that we, two goals that we try to reach is to increase the more efficient civic engagement when we deal with the open data and the corruption issue. And the other thing we not think only about the citizens or the people, but we try to bridge the gap between the civil society and the public sector as well, because we believe that anti-corruption is not only one part of people, but we need to collaborate to create a kind of a successful story at the end of the day. So right now, uh, I can share with you some challenges in my society, in my country, and how we try to overcome it. I won't say it's kind of a success case or the best practice, but how we try for the past four years to fight with this challenge. And maybe it can be some takeaways for you to adopt something for your country on, or your society as well. When we talk about the open data for anti-corruption, I can kind of define some main three issue because it deal with a different stakeholder and different player, but this is something we need to overcome it. At first, I think to, to kind of tackle with the uh, uh, corruption issues. The first one, as I said, is about the rights to know and the trans the, for the sake of transparency is about limited access to information. Talking about access to information in my country, I can share the case which is quite current right now because when we talk about the uh, information in Thailand, we have two main problems. The first one is the data is not open at all. Even we think it is a public data. For example, we, we request a lot for the expenditure of the public sector. In this case, I just, I just request for the parliament expenditure. It's about the standing committee, how, how they spend our tax in the parliament. But uh, it's sometimes the parliament said that this Disclosure of the information will jeopardize the national financial security, which we do not agree at all because if it deal with our tax, we as a taxpayer should have the right to monitoring it or investigating and also ask the question back to the parliament. So right now we are in the process of appealing to the office of the prime minister. And the other aspect of the problem about the limited access to information is sometimes the data is open, but it's open in very poor format. Uh, again, same with the national budget. I believe in so many countries have this 
kind of problem when we try to investigate some budget of our nation for example we want to know how they spend for the military budget or educational budget we need to dig down into tons of paper for example in thailand they open this information but in 900,000 pdf pages and then divided into 30 books i mean ebooks at least it's open on the website but you need to open all 30 books to find only one item you are interested in i think it put too much effort to the press to the people to know about that tax their money they pay every every year to the government so i think it's not fair for us and even it seems more more simple uh, information for about uh, how their representatives work in the parliament after the election we want to know how how our vote works in the parliament right but right now if you want to track how the mp vote how they get involved with each business you will get this kind of documents sometimes it's better because it's kind of printed or scanned image on the website but sometimes it's worse like this is a hand written form that cannot even <laughs> readable so I think uh, we need a room for improvement about the data that's already open, but uh, make it more human readable and machine readable as well. So uh, talking about this, how we try to tackle with the limited uh, access to information in Thailand right now, we are in the process of calling for the amendment of the Information Act, because right now we call it Official Information Act which give the power to the authority to decide whether this information should be open or closed. But in the uh, ideal way, it should be open by default and with a good standard, uh, leaving no cost to the people to requesting or managing it. So we are now in the process. Actually, we call for it for a long time, but now we enter the legal process to amend this information act. So I think it's a kind of facing the root cause of this problem. But we cannot wait only for the future. So right now we try to develop some technical solution to solve the problem about uh, the non-structured data right now. So we de develop some, uh, in technical term, we call OCR tool and crowdsourcing digitization tools to turn the paper format into the digital and machine readable way. So people can explore the data and investigating the irregularity in the public sector right now. And uh, I would say that this tool is open source. So you can find it uh, in BB's GitHub uh, for the developers. Maybe you can adopt it, customize it, and use in your country as well. And the other challenge, I think when we face with the uh, open data for anti-corruption issue, is not about the data itself, but how we can use it in the efficient way. Because as I said, it's not about uh, we just open the data, but who can use it and how will we use it. But right now in Thailand, I think we have a, a little bit problem and maybe a little bit struggle with our creating participating process in public decision or public policy discussion because I think there are two two ways about this struggle. 
the first aspect is about the audience, the user, the people, the citizen itself, because not everyone have a kind of literacy, data literacy and numeracy. When you give them a kind of about 500,000 rows of Excel, not everyone can kind of manage or understand it, which is not their fault. But actually, uh, maybe the civil society or the government itself can help them with some tools more easy to to let them uh, explore those data more easily. And the other aspect I think is about the the organization, the institution itself, when they create the participating process. It's just like uh, for for the sake of the norm that they just have a checklist that they need to do and they done it without thinking how they can use the results from the participation process uh, and embed it in the policy decision process. It's not go together, it just make it happen. Sometimes we call a uh, democracy washing because it just uh, have a process but not use it in uh, reality. So right now, how we try to overcome it, uh, first to solve the problem in the audience or the user way, we help them creating some, I, I would say it's a more user-friendly tools or platform that help people investigating data so they can ha have more uh, constructive debates or conversation on that, can use those data to ask more questions or maybe give more opinion about that issue. For example, right now we are developing the tools that call Parliament Watch Tool, which is uh, the open source app where you can find on GitHub and then apply to your country as well. And for the aspect of working with the authority, we right now we work with uh, the budgeting department of Bangkok administration. And we try to embed uh, budget voting in our tools uh, for the budget visualization. And they will use the result from this platform to include in the policy process next physical year in allocating what the people want in each district. So I think it's not only about creating the tool, but also designing process, how the data, how the opinion will be used in the kind of a real policy making process as well. Uh, the last thing that we are now, that I think we just start working on this is, uh, we find that even we creating a tool, we try to collaborate with some part of the process. We still face some kind of, uh, we call it bureaucracy hurdles because I think it's happened in maybe in almost every country when we need to deal with the public sector because it's a big organs in the country. So we have, uh, when we try to work with them and collaborate with them uh, to help them promote uh, the open data in their organization or creating participating process, we always face this kind of problem because it first it's new to them. When we introduce something like open data, the tech tool to them, uh, we need to face the kind of traditional culture and some kind of fear for the change in their organization. And it follow with a kind of lack of skills uh, or capacity and also sometimes lack of tools they can use in their organization. So how can we tackle it? it is, I don't think we just give them a guideline or developing them the website, but we need to work with them as a part of the team. For example, right now, uh, we are working with the parliament in the 
Standing Committee of the Smart and Open Parliament. So it's not only just tell them what the data that they should open, but we need to help them how to do that, equip them with some knowledge. So it may take time, but I think in the long run, they can work for themselves and then maybe can develop to the further things that we cannot imagine. So I think these are kind of uh, example that we starting from defining what are the challenges about how to adopt open data to tackle with anti-corruption issue in our country. And then we learn uh, step by step how to work with the authority, work with the civil society and which two are the solution to help them increase their awareness and ability to tackle the corruption issue themselves. So um, maybe I finish the first round like this and if any question we can discuss further in the second round. Thank you. Thank you very much, TG. Um, very impressive work. Uh, despite all the challenges, the data is not open, unstructured, non-computer readable, and I would say not just computer non-computer readable, but ordinary person can't read some of the uh, handwriting documents that you show. Um, yeah. I think this is something that we 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 faced uh, in in many areas all around the world, and the, the challenges that we share. But also, uh, the great thing about how your platforms are open sourced and could perhaps be used elsewhere uh, as well. So that could be something that. I'd like to talk, uh, ask further in the perhaps the next round. Um, so um, may I move to the second panelist here, um, uh, Dewi from ICW. Um, and uh, um, do, um, do you be you be speaking in in uh, the first part of the session only, and you have to leave uh, uh, due to a family health issue. So th thank you very much for that. Um, but please. Uh, uh, your session. Yeah, thank you very much, Nick. Um, yeah, hi, uh, nice to meet you all, and thank you very much uh, for inviting me to join this forum. Uh, I will share about um, what Indonesia and ICW uh, do about open data for anti-corruption. And we can next, yeah. If we talk about uh, open data or um, freedom of information uh, act uh, from uh, Indonesia, Indonesians uh, say information disclosure. So it's uh, uh, only in Indonesia, I think. Um, about um, public information disclosure is a critical, I think, critical indicator of uh, uh, realizing a democratic country uh, like Indonesia and uh, that priorities uh, uh, there there are three public participation transparency and accountability um easy to access to information uh, will have public oversight uh public oversight uh, will increase transparency and accountability so it's a flow between what we can contribute and uh, the outcome or result um next yeah and if we talk about the baseline or regulation in Indonesia, yes, Indonesia has regulations that guarantee data transparency. And this is um, about the law, public information disclosure, uh, law number 14, year 
2008 um, this law uh, mention all information is public information unless the information is declared confidential based on the provision regulated in the law so uh, we have right uh, about information all information um, so public institution uh, who get a budget uh, like national or regional they must open all information uh, based on uh, the law 14 uh, 2008 so we uh, if we talk about uh ideal condition and fact um yeah public public institution uh must provide all data without public uh, request so uh because this is the main principle uh transparency uh participant and accountability and after 15 years of the law uh there are many so many problems and uh, this is the fact um, after 15 years uh, not all public institution provide information and then there is website with no uh, useful information so uh, they uh, yeah i'm sorry so uh, they have a website but with no information uh, we can uh, collect or analyze or uh, very useful for public and the other public must follow information dispute so uh, we must uh, follow information dispute uh, seven days and then 30 days and it's uh, so long uh, if you once get uh, information and then uh, public oversight in Indonesia uh, I think it's a, a consideran uh, a treat. So uh, government uh, what uh, very sensitive with uh, public uh, oversight and yeah. Uh, so uh, the fact uh, to get information in Indonesia now uh, after uh, 15 years, uh, law 15 to uh, 2008 to get information, uh, it's. Uh, takes a long time uh, until we can get information and of course if we win so if you lose uh, you can you can get you can get information okay we can make light <laughs> yeah uh, we face uh, some challenge to open data and this is uh, some challenge uh, there is five challenge uh, minimal uh, I can uh, say about a uh, challenge. Um, first, information is not accessible, and then information uh, management is not good. So, uh, they just uh, get information but not uh, collect and uh, um, save and um, what uh, and then um, public institution have different uh, paradigm about transparency uh yeah well uh, i can say uh, they uh, uh they uh, have uh, transparency um, principle have transparency principle but uh, just uh wants uh show the website but no uh, information and then they uh, collect information if we ask about that information and uh, the other thing uh, ineffective uh, process and takes long time to get uh, one information 
and there's uh, yeah uh, also data from government uh, that is uh, used uh, by public and for example procurement uh, general procurement data in Indonesia uh, can be accessed uh, and uh, institution uh, procurement procurement institution is open for uh, sharing system data with ICW is so, for example okay we can next yeah this is uh, if we uh, talk about procurement, information disclosure on procurement. So corruption, uh, I think it's not only in Indonesia, but uh, the other country, uh, procurement uh, corruption uh, increase every year. And uh, the effect, uh, of course, um, a lot of public facilities uh, or public goods uh, bet have bad quality and about that uh, ICW have has advocacy uh, open data on many issue uh, like procurement uh, and then uh, education health politics and law in procurement issues uh, since uh, 2018 uh, ICW um, yeah ICW has pushed information uh, disclosure on procurement why? Uh, because uh, we think, uh, yeah, corruption uh, procurement increase every year, and then uh, the effect, uh, and then uh, the various modus. Uh, so I think it's uh, important to um, collaborate uh, about and uh, about corruption in procurement. Ah, yeah, this is uh, one of our. Uh, advocacy and so we uh, start uh, 2018 until 2020 uh, uh, yeah 2020 uh, we uh, propose to open contracting and the result is uh, when uh, in 2021 the information commission in Indonesia set policy uh, about uh, the tile open contracting so it's a uh, uh, public information now. Okay, we can next slide. Yeah, uh, this is uh, just for uh, example or uh, what uh, ICW do in uh, Indonesia. Um, monitoring procurement, um, we call opentender.net. Uh, yeah, this is just overview, little overview. Monitoring procurement, um, collaborate with uh, procurement institution in, in Indonesia, um, and then uh, to collect and uh, analyze data, and um, it can uh, access with all uh, public, just not only uh, governance, and uh, it can show potential fraud uh, with three levels, uh, red. Uh, color yellow color and green color in public procurement so uh, red it mean um, have a high uh, potential uh, fraud and this start uh, since uh, 2013 uh, with uh, MOU so uh, we uh, what uh, have a long time advocacy for this uh, procurement uh, to uh, decrease uh, corruption in procurement and then uh, Besides that, uh, ICW upgrade and developing a platform uh, suitable with 
advokasi uh, need and uh, this platform uh, data uh, use uh, yeah use uh, with uh, all all uh, people in Indonesia like uh, governance, uh, journalists, uh, NGO, student and uh, the other. Okay, we can next. Yeah, this is about um, politician track record. So uh, beside procurement, uh, ICW uh, so focus in uh, politics and yeah, uh, in Indonesia uh, next year or in um, 2019, uh, five years ago, uh, sorry, four years ago, uh, we have what um, situation about uh, election and it's so um, busy in uh, uh, media or social media or uh, if we talk in uh, NGO and and governance and the other place uh, it's so uh, uh, complicated uh, issue uh, about track record uh, politician uh, why uh, we think it's uh, uh, important to uh, open data uh, open information or public can access uh, easy uh, about track record uh, because uh, with we uh, what uh, we think uh, it's a, a main principle main principle before you vote so it's a um, yeah for example in uh, platform uh, we develop uh, in ICW um, we can uh, and we serve uh, about world report uh, educational background and uh, standing about uh, public issues in Indonesia or in uh, another country. We can next, yeah, can scroll down. Okay, yeah, with uh, for example, uh, this is uh, the surface uh, from rekamjejak.net, uh, Indonesian says rekamjejak.net. Uh, we uh, serve uh, profit or uh, yeah profit data about family about uh, business or uh, wealth report uh, if we talk about uh, with open uh, wealth report uh, public can assess the uh, honesty of public officials uh, by compare uh, what is report and uh, the result uh, so uh, public when uh, can know uh, if a uh, report is um, false or uh, manipulated, uh, it's uh, what a uh, uh, public can do uh, about a uh, wealth report. And okay, about family, yeah, about family, we can. Uh, sorry, we can. Uh, yeah, we can know uh, about their uh, relation or uh, uh, maybe. Uh, future in uh, lobbying and uh, the other and then uh, about business <coughs> we can know about uh, we can know about what he or she does and uh, will have a maybe conflict of interest or not in uh, governance and we can move to last uh, slide yes this is uh, ICW suggest uh, about opportunity maybe we can uh, together or um, Indonesia, Bangkok, and Malaysia, and uh, we can develop a platform uh, together that uh, contains uh, politician track record, maybe, uh, or 
uh, procurement and uh, this uh, uh, across the country. So uh, this is uh, from me. Um, I'm apologize about uh, my uh, noise in back. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much, and back to you, Nick. Thank you very much, Dewey. Uh, don't apologize. Uh, it's, it's all right. Uh, thank you very much for, for being here with us this morning, despite the issue, uh, the, the challenges. Um, and for, so, so from your presentation, I, I could see that, that many of the challenges that we, that you, you face and GG face, uh, pretty similar. Uh, data is not accessible, only available upon request, high transaction costs to get these information. And it's, becoming a big obstacle for um, for empowering people in a democratic world. Um, and it's also interesting to see that many of the platform that you have worked on is quite similar to some of the part that Gigi and, and perhaps Fraero will be talking about. OpenTender.net, parliamentary track, track, uh, tracking, and, and you ended with an opportunity of um, a platform that contains politicians track record across country, which is really interesting. And because if you have heard, there are so many cases of politicians in Thailand um, uh, stole money from <laughs> from a company in Malaysia, bought a land in in Indonesia, perhaps, and then and then but left happily. In, in London. Uh, so this happened all the time and and we it's very difficult for in each individual country, the civil society in, in particular countries to track. So if we can collaborate on this at this level, that would be very, very interesting. Um, but I won't talk too much into that because we have Tri-Rail to kind of wrap up everything for us and for me as well as a moderator. <laughs> so may I ask you to start, Karo, thank you. Um, hi, um, yeah, thanks Torplus uh, for <laughs> having me here. So, um, yep, so on um, so on my side, like I'm gonna uh, be talking about how to collaborate. Uh, I'm not gonna repeat, um, as you said uh, rightly, so that it's difficult. Um, in terms of the situation in getting uh, data. Um, and when I mean constrained environments, whether it's politically or technical, as we shared, you know, sometimes it's not in structured formats. Uh, sometimes it's poorly scanned data. Um, sometimes it's in, um, you know, books that sometimes you can't even get it. So um, all the experiences uh, that ICW face, as well as um, uh, we face uh, in Thailand, uh, were exactly the same uh, situation that we faced in Malaysia. Um, and it's actually quite common, especially in the area of anti-corruption. Um, so, um, yeah, and, you know, this is globally as well. Um, so in terms of like the global data barometer, um, when it comes to um, data, uh, especially around anti-corruption and transparency um, in terms of like asset decoration, political finance, uh, right to information. Uh, the global score is actually 25 out of 100. Uh, in terms of, um, so while certain things like procurement data uh, might be available, uh, in general, when we're looking at a lot of the information um, that we need uh, for anti-corruption, um, usually it's not available. Um, um, so, yep, again, um, I'm not going to go into detail on this as the, you know, uh, fellow panelists have already put, um, sh shared quietly, you know, lack of quality granular open data, unstructured data, um, handwritten notes, um, 
Uh, and also, um, we shared sometimes that you have you can have a restrictive legal environment, um, lack of a right to information law or freedom of information law, uh, official secrets acts, um, and also uh, various other laws, for example, that restrict media freedom um, or even constrain um, collaborations, for example, with um, government officials in sharing information. Um, so. These are all uh, common issues across. Um, so, um, so the first time you know that we um, faced this issue, um, and this is uh, one example, um, was a, a common situation. And I think Weavis is um, doing a great job in terms of building, you know, a website to make uh, access to politicians more accessible. Um, just getting that basic data to be able, able to do applications was uh, difficult. Um, so uh, the first time that we found out that. Uh, so in Malaysia, um, we actually failed a few times uh, to try to build um, these applications and try to get the data. Um, so the first time that, uh, and one of the challenges was um, how should the structured data look like? Um, um, and if we had a good uh, definition of what it is, um, that would allow us um, to be able to, you know, build the applications and do the um, the analysis that we need. Um, so for the first time for us was uh, when Myanmar had their first elections. Um, there was about a coalition of about ten different NGOs who help, all had information and collecting information on the elections. Um, in different pieces, but um, there was no easy way to get them together, uh, like to piece it together. Um, nobody knew what it should be. Um, so we actually used an open data standard for Popular to actually just use that as a reference for a spreadsheet where everybody could do it. Um, and once we had it, uh, that data in the spreadsheet collected by the different NGOs, um, it enabled um, folks to build, you know, mobile applications, websites, and so on um, to get better access to the elected representative data uh, uh, representative in, I think it's under two weeks. Um, it was pretty fast if they had the data. And we were then able to do, you know, work with that data to do various analysis and so on. Um, um, so that was the first time that we found out that we could do international collaborations using an international data standard, building an experience of Malaysia, uh, and then, uh, you know, working with uh, folks in Myanmar partner to implement it in their local context. Um, so, yeah, so basically we started learning. It's like, okay, uh, this is a really hard problem. Uh, getting data is so, so difficult. Um, getting structured data is also difficult. So it's, quite hard to get it right um, the first time. And that's when we learned that uh, even when we don't have the open data, uh, if there are good defined data standards on the structure of what the data should be captured, um, it can help us um, either enable collaborations or at least build things. So usually I explain this um, in this situation. So quite usually we would have incomplete random pieces of information, um, bits and pieces, um, uh, of information. And we often feel that, oh, we don't have enough uh, data or information to build something. Um, um, so at least if we had, uh, you know, a data standard or on how the data should be structured, at least uh, even if it's missing, um, it's a little bit clearer now on exactly what we're missing. Uh, and for those of us who are building kind of applications or data analysis, at least we can actually start kind of building the applications, even though um, certain things are missing um, because we at least have some structure. Um, the other situation can also be a lot of data um, where, you know, thousands of documents are just dumped uh, and you're not exactly sure how to piece it together. Um, so, and if we knew exactly what we need to look for, um, then the situation would be much more clearer in terms of exactly 
what we're missing and what we're able to do. Um, so, so in Malaysia, we learned that if we follow this approach, um, we know, uh, and it's one way, just like the spreadsheet that I shared, um, it allows us to collaborate with different partners, have different pieces of this information. Uh, everybody's clear about what uh, is needed and what's missing. Um, and then once we have the structured data, um, especially if it's based on international open data standards, we'll, we know uh, because different people have been using it, uh, that it will be able to do different things with it, right? Um, so as a result, everybody benefits uh, from collecting this data and collaborating for it. Um, so in Malaysia, um, um, just quickly, you know, we were able to build something similar to Rekan uh, Jujak uh, from uh, ICW. Um, again, common things um, based on uh, these standards. Um, and then again, it allows us to do the innovations that's possible um, with the data. Um, so here, I think we were um, raised um, uh, by um, by Panchapa Wibis. It's like, you know, how do we, there's a, like a lack of diversity sometimes in terms uh, of the actors um, in working. How do we get people, more people to co collaborate and, you know, contribute towards these efforts in um, getting data, but not just getting data, um, um, as Weavis was sharing or TT was sharing, but also how can uh, it actually be useful and impactful by others. Um, so on a technical level, um, it's contributing, at least for us, um, working in civic tech and um, open data uh, or data visualizations, um, is for us to contribute our use cases. So um, towards these standards to make them better. Uh, so a perfect example, um, when... Uh, when CNR Project first started adopting uh, the standards, um, the Popolo standard was supposed to be storing just information on politicians. Uh, and us as Malaysians said, uh, wait, politicians are also businessmen, as I think um, colleagues from Indonesia or Thailand be uh, familiar with. Um, so we started putting all the um, politicians into this database that was meant for politicians and their business positions held. Um, and people said that, you know, you're kind of abusing the standard um, for things that are not supposed to be done. Um, and then later on, um, uh, later on, you know, when um, Donald Trump got elected, suddenly people realized you know, uh, these things are important <laughs> to, to measure. And this is where, you know, one example where, you know, our a more diverse set of experience and use cases um, in Southeast Asia, but not just Southeast Asia, but uh, around the world. Um, when we say, uh, when we give feedback on, you know, how the standards um, are not, uh, or it, uh, there's improvements to their standards that can help us for us, uh, for our specific use cases it will actually help everybody else involved. So um, so this kind of things then led, led to, you know, being able to do joined up data uh, of, for example, politicians and businesses and interests. Um, um, so in terms of, yeah, um, I think that was already suggested by um, uh, IC, uh, Indonesia Anti-Corruption Water or ICWA. Um, one uh, low-hanging fruit that we can do is actually... Um, build and publish an open standard database of politically exposed persons and their close relationships in ASEAN. Um, another way to help out on this is also to publish uh, open data standards of sanctioned individuals and companies. Um, so this is, you know, this this is um, something that um, is should be easy to do, something that we're all working on. And if we have a standardized set of data on this, uh, we can easily share uh, the data between each other. Um, and have you know uh and 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 deal with uh transnational or cross-border uh crime and corruption um other things that we could work on um 
is, you know, uh, standards or data structures that are missing. So there's still a lot of work uh, that still needs to be done in terms of, you know, uh, collecting things around extractive licensing, like mining and so on, um, natural resources. Um, there's a lot of environmentalists working around this uh, area. Uh, there's a cross uh, issue with corruption on this. And again, sometimes the data structures are not quite there yet. Um, and this is something that, you know, we can also collaborate um, with our existing partners um, and bringing our expertise. Um, Another suggestion um, that's possible, um, we're all trying to build kind of, you know, greater accountability and access to our decision makers or elected representatives uh, is to just define a good electoral data standard in terms of what election commissions should publish. Um, so there is, there's several elections this year. Um, and to this date, I couldn't find a good one in which uh, there was a good standard that we could uh, approach uh, elections commissions and say, okay, uh, when you do elections, we would like you to publish this set of data and this is how it should look like. Um, so this is another one that will be uh, super helpful uh, in the sense that we would we will be able to get a good set of um, structure, if possible, from the elections commissions to be able to build and do and work with the data that we need. Um, and then my final thought, um, I think we can also discuss in you know uh, more discussions is to widen the ecosystem of collaboration. Uh, so I've got these two characters that are protesting Malaysia. Um, super hot in a tropical country like Malaysia, they dressed up as dinosaurs and had and basically their sign. This is an anti-corruption thing and saying that you know dinosaurs are also against corruption. Um, so there's a lot large wide of characters and uh, parties and interests you know interested in this um, beyond um, your usual anti-corruption activists. Um, and one uh, final case study I want to share with this is um, my experience with uh, working with media. Uh, and how it creates, you know, different ideas about how we do things. Um, so Weavis uh, or TT just shared with Weavis, for example, um, um, a situation of, you know, how difficult it is to get some information using OCR and so on. Um, and one interesting thing for me that led to media collaborations was that when I was trying to do the, those same things and trying to get the information, when I submitted the work that we did at CNAR um, to the Global Investigative Journalist Network, and I said, you know, I'd like to join as a particip participant in one of your events. Um, this is what I've done, and I would like to learn more. Uh, they looked at how hard it was for me to get the information and the techniques that we use to get the information. Uh, and they said, you know, you, we'd like you to talk about these things <laughs> uh, in terms of, you know, um, as a panelist for media and investigations. So that's when I started realizing there's a lot of things that are in common. Um, so this particular example um, is uh, a common complaint that we often have uh, when we're doing with collecting and um, this data or collecting is people often say like, you know, how is your data trustworthy? Uh, where is its sources? Can you believe, uh, you know, can we trust this data that you're collecting and publish? Um, um, and can we be able to use it? Um, so when we were trying to build relationships um, similar to what ICW was or anti-corruption in Indonesia was trying to do with um, we find out it's like, whoa, um, we need to be very careful exactly how we define this relationship and what data that we put in has to be, you know, substantiated and to a certain thing. So we worked with media and we learned it's like, okay, since you have to publish these stories, saying such and such politician is a brother or so, or a, a you know, father-in-law or sister-in-law or cousin for this project. Um, and you have to publish this news without getting in trouble for it. Um, so we worked with media and said, okay, 
we know how to define this data in relation, um, this relationships in data, but we need to know exactly how do we do this in a safe manner that's, you know, that's consistent. Uh, so we worked with media and says, okay, let's define what an associate is. <laughs> um, and when, when it's okay to pin an associate and publish that data, we use their standards um, for these things in the relationships that they build. Um, even for example, including romantic partners. <laughs> so even the gossip magazines, like it's like, when can we say such and such person, you know, is gifting this condominium for, you know, a romantic partner and so on. Um, and as a result of this, we had better data, but we also allowed media to, you know, see it, you know, what value that they bring in with the data that they're collecting. And we also built trust in terms of the data that we were extracting. So when I'm building these relationships, I can trust that this are verified by independent media to at least some certain standard that we can pub, we can uh, we can be behind this data that we're publishing on these relationships um and then we could and then we could show with media it's like okay look all this work that you've done the relations that you built this is how it looks with data and this is how we can work together um so that's just one example of you know extending the relationships with media but it can be with any other groups um so i'll just um end with this parting thing where you know when we're doing organize uh, organizations whether it's funder partners or even ourselves um i think we need to when we're doing this designing programs um we need to think about possible ideas on how to address corruptions as a very diverse group uh, of reinforcing ecosystem of partners um, how which partners should be work looking at and think outside of the box with partners that we might not be. So yeah, I'll be interested to learn from other partners. Like <laughs> what are these kind of, you know, diverse or strange partners and examples that they work with that, you know, um, that would enable us to do more of this. So yeah, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you very much, Carvel. Um, this is fascinating. I, 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 just, I just think that we should start working on something. Um, otherwise we'll be keeping um, talking about our words and uh, our success and our failure in uh, in the next uh, two or three years uh, without having anything to do what you get. So, so we should start um, something together, it, it, really. Um, we still have some, some uh, the next part will be kind of the wrapping up and then Q&A at the same time because we have a few minutes left. But um, uh, before we go to the Q&A part, would each of you like to add anything else to what, after you have listened to you, to, to your colleagues talking in that uh, part already, maybe we can go back again to Gigi uh, and then and in order. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think I can, after hearing Debbie and Kari talk about the opportunity, I can add something a little bit more because I do agree that it's right now it's not about uh, kind of uh, the problem of one country, but we can see so many cases just like our Paradise Paper or one MDB that is across the border issue. So I think apart from uh, Carol also suggests about a lot of uh, technical and practice and also Davy. So I think uh, maybe we can do something like uh, I'm thinking about the pooling resources as well uh, apart from the program because sometimes we, we struggle with the same problem. We lack of human resource, we lack of our financial supports. So we can start like a, like a pooling resource to share together apart from sharing platform or sharing data. And as I do agree with the standards because apart from uh, setting the, the way of work of the people in this area is also can put the kind of pressure to the 
said to the government that if we have this standard, we can share and we can work together with other countries in our region, maybe or across the regions as well. And the other thing, maybe we can come up with kind of a joint research project or joint campaign each year to to make this issue more kind of familiar not only in the people in this field but uh in other fields for example like a kind of marketing campaign but it's a corrupt anti-corruption issue campaign each year so apart from our region maybe we can see uh, how the campaign look like in other part of the world as well so i think it's fun it's a fun work i think i don't know yeah thank you yes 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 i do agree but um, before I talk too much, uh, uh, thank you, Titi. Uh, baby, you're back with us. Would you like to, to add something to this? Yeah. Um, maybe I can uh, add about, um, yeah, corruption is uh, borderless. So we can uh, collaborate, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Indonesia or uh, Malaysia or uh, Bangkok. So we can uh, collect uh, data information and we can uh, get uh, what the main um, or uh, from data we can use um, for from for uh, journalists or um, news in um, each country so uh, i think it's collaborate is important because uh, corruption is uh, borderless not in just Indonesia, if, if we speak just Indonesia, but um, uh, yeah, Indonesian, we can, we can say, uh, uh, have, uh, yeah, maybe uh, like corruption, uh, they, they uh, do corruption too in uh, the other country. Thank you, Dewey. Yes. Uh, Crayel, please. Yeah, uh, and another thing that we learn about collaboration is that, um, especially regional or cross-border, is that quite often each of our countries have um, specific constraints um, that it will be almost impossible to break out sometimes, depending on the situation. Um, and then, but at the same time, each of our different countries also have certain strengths. Um, so that uh, the example that I shared in Myanmar was a good example where in Malaysia, we were building these tools and then nobody cared. Right? Um, so we were building all these, you know, co collecting the electoral data and nobody cared. But then um, when we applied the same thing in Myanmar uh, and helped them work on it, for them, it was their first elections. It was, you know, um, getting these uh Everybody was super excited in that country, so the impact was really big. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, another example would be, for example, even in terms of reporting by media, um, in for places like, say, uh, Malaysia with less media freedom, uh, and where Indonesia has more. Again, uh, you can collaborate where you know the story would be published in Malaysia, uh, in Indonesia for work in Indonesia. And again, pooling of resources. <laughs> um, I would love to work with TD because everybody keeps asking us to do more data visualizations and we don't have the resources for that. So even again, um, like that example that I had with Kenya, uh, I had the data, I had the structure with the media, the media organizations had the data, but somebody had to build you know how the tool to make it interactive and work and which and resource so again um these sort of collaborations enable us to do things that we would not be able to do alone uh, either individually as organizations or um within our respective countries so, yeah. well thank you very much Cairo and everyone um i i just say let's do it um, I forgot to introduce myself in the first part. I, my name is Thor Pat Yomanak. I'm the <laughs> director of the Knowledge Hub for Anti-Regional Anti-Corruption uh, based in uh, Jula Lungkorn University. So with that, 
um, I'd like to take this opportunity to offer and uh, as a, to be a host for a workshop that we can come and work together seriously on, on, on perhaps creating a collaborative ASEAN electoral commission standard platform or sanction individuals and companies to be shared with um, uh, with our, our re within our region or internationally, um, that that would be a first step because I've seen um, the, uh, the Kapika and uh, the NACC and the Nas and National Anti-Corruption Commission they, they try to work together, but like at uh, so the, as far as I can see, there there are so many MOUs and like agreements signed, but not actual platform that can be utilized. Um, so why, why don't we start off something and, and it might lead to, to something else. I'd like to ask the global initiatives to support us if possible as well. Um, but yeah, that, that would be fun and then very constructive to work on. Um, I have some uh, several questions from the audience here. Um, uh, in, in the several questions that, that we have. Um, so one of the questions is, uh, I'm impressed by the work uh, ongoing across the region, also fascinating that many challenges are shared um, and similar in nature, right? Can the panelists please elaborate a bit on whether they feel any of these challenges are particular to Southeast Asia and or are they shared across other regions and countries as well? Um, would anyone like to uh, respond to this? Is it like ASEAN thing? <laughs> uh, but I don't think so. I, I think I think other countries in the re in other regions uh, do share. Please help me. <laughs> I think some issue. I think uh were widely shared because I used to talk for uh, with some people that dealing with the anti-corruption issue in South Africa or even in Latin America and also some part of Europe. Even we see them as a developing countries, they still struggle. Maybe they struggle less with their open, I mean, open data. I mean, they get the data, but they still struggle with their process of uh, civic engagement. How can they encourage people to be a uh, kind of uh, actively monitoring them because they may have a different context because maybe they trust more in the government. But as I think we discussed, it's not about the, the only part of the society, but we need to work together in collaboration. And I think, especially the, I, I, in my opinion, in the global South, we share kind of a similar uh, challenges in tackle with this issue because maybe you and Karyo can see when you go for the international conference, these issues still pop up in the conversation, even in other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. This is not, uh, it's common, it's not limited to Southeast Asia. <laughs> so the examples I shared before, is like, you know, when I went to Kenya, when they said like, can you work on this procurement? When we had discussions, we were like, oh, it's the same there. <laughs> we just, uh, so we actually could understand exactly the same problems, uh, same problems that Indonesia was facing about politicians and their relations and family and so on, getting contracts and, and whatnot. Um, and uh, to share that example on the popular standard for uh, storing legislative um, information about legislators, uh, that standard is, and the problems that that standard was trying to solve is, you know, it being adopted in Taiwan, Malaysia. Um, I think it was also opened up South Africa, uh, UK, and um, and I think Canada. Yeah, so a whole lot of different countries. So I don't think these are all um, common things. Um, so I think um, having like yeah, so having kind of these certain international standards um, will be really helpful um, because I think if any fix, for example, let's say done in a, another country, 
will be applicable to Southeast Asia as well for these comments. I think so. Yeah, we would all benefit. Thank you. Um, and may I add that 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 if I understand correctly, there's a precedence case of uh, an application called development check that uh, used by almost more than 10 countries, especially in, in African countries. Uh, and it's an anti-corruption platform, crowdsourcing, and, and it's quite effective in various countries as well. Um, another question is how well supported are your initiatives? I think this is for all of us. Uh, by the general public in your country. Yeah, maybe from Indonesia. Uh, in my opinion, um, public support in Indonesia is uh, uh, big and uh, that's uh, great. But um, ICW think um, some people or public uh, they don't know about uh, what they can do uh, with uh, data, open data or data from government. So. Uh, this uh, maybe can uh, one or two uh, or maybe more uh, suggestion for public uh, what they can do with uh, this data uh, like uh, procurement and in open tender or uh, track record in rekam jejak uh, in Indonesia. So uh, we uh, appreciate so appreciate uh, about uh, public support, but. Uh, I think public support is uh, need um, uh, yeah uh, uh, some initiative or some um, suggestion for uh, they what they can do. Thank you, Davy. Um, how about in Malaysia and in Thailand? Uh, I can add a little bit more. I think uh, we see there a lot of attention from the general public, uh, especially this year because we have the general election that in the middle of the year i think it become uh more and more interesting for the people because we can see the effect when the data come into the action uh, i mean in the first effect is we see the, the anti-corruption and lack of transparency lack of uh, accountability turn into other problems not just kind of the fraud money but it turns into the barrier of development of the country so when we they track the root cause it's about the anti it's about the corruption issue so they're quite uh, interested more and want to investigate more in this issue and also we see some uh, success i would say some successful case in can in our country even is not a, a, a lot of case but we see that the effect after we track down some corruption issue we see the improvement in some fields so i think they get more and more interest but i think it's also our challenge how to keep this momentum uh, apart from the cycle of the election it should be a sustainable issue not just an even best case so i think we need to work more on that yeah wow. so open challenges yeah. Real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean the general public is a pretty big thing <laughs> so i don't think i would love to have civic tech and data be you know as popular as taylor swift or bts but that will be quite quite difficult um so i mean so i'm coining the fact that you know um it's only going to be a small subset of people that are going to care about this schema definitions of, of beneficial ownership for example uh or even some but what i found is that the um the ones that are accepted by the public is actually the amazing work that we do in support of our partners um so for example when we made parliamentary uh documents more accessible um and one of the questions was a partner on you know um incarceration of children uh in immigration detention centers 
Um, we facilitated, yes, but the bigger public issue was actually raised by the you know advocates and NGOs that were advocating for immigration uh, detention reform um, and rights of children. And that got a lot of impact. So I, I would say, um, yeah, the initiatives specifically that I probably not, but the initiatives that are in support of our partners who do amazing work and enabling them, those are the ones I think that uh, are going to be are going to be get the, a lot of support from the general public. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. I think that because we are running out of time now, so that that wraps up everything very well. Thank you very much for that, Prairie. Um, So at the Finally, here in one our last minute here, I'd like to thank you, the panelists or the three panelists, uh, Gigi from Thailand, Prairil from Malaysia, David from ICW Indonesia. Um, I hope next time that we meet, I could say that um, not from each country, but as an ASEAN regional anti-corruption collaboration platform uh, that we could probably work together. And I would, uh, again, uh, offer that opportunity for us to to come and collaborate. Whether we go to Indonesia, Malaysia, invite you to Thailand, um, and 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 start working on something because it will lead to big impact. As Prairu has put it, it might not be as impactful as it should be in somewhere, but it might be more impactful in somewhere in in some other uh, areas than we can expect. So, so that 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 would be a, a good start. We haven't had anything like this before, right? Any ASEAN anti-corruption platform by civic tech? Uh, no, no one have heard about this, right? So we'll be the first. Uh, we're fun and uh, with support from this GI, <laughs> that, that that it would make it possible. So, so yes. Again, thank you all the participants or the audience, the uh, panelists, and thank you uh, Global Initiative for allowing us to, to meet this morning and to share our thoughts and experiences. So I'd like to end our session here exactly on time. Um, thank you very much again. So have a great day, have a great um, conference in the next 20-ish hours. Uh, <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us.